He who is incapable of failure has created you. You are created perfect. In his perspective, you are perfect. You see, what we see on the external is really meaningless. It's what's on the inside. So I just want to cover a few things this morning. I don't know how long I'll be. Probably not that long. But I want you to turn your Bibles, and if, if the person working upstairs can pull this up quick, that's fine with me too. Romans 7, 18 through 25, the New International Version, the NIV Version. <clears throat> Probably can't do it, but hey, that's my fault. Nobody else's. I'm old enough to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I never understood that statement when my daddy said it. I said, really? Now that I'm getting there, I said, you know what? My, my daddy was right. He was right. Romans 7, 18 through 25 in the NIV version. You say, well, why are you reading from the NIV? Because I want to. Uh, I've studied all the others, or you name it, King James, the original, the Young's literal translation. It all says the same thing. I mean, there's some things that, that I, I don't agree with in some translations, but I agree with this. Romans 7, 18 through 25, it says, I, this is Paul. I know that nothing good lives in me. Boy, did he just tell the truth. This is the apostle, the man, the one who changed the landscape of his day. He said, you said, well, but he don't know Jesus like I know Jesus. Oh, I think he does. I think he met him on the road to Damascus face to face. I think he was the one that was caught up into the fourth heavens. I had a, a preacher say one time, he was, matter of fact, no, I won't mention his name. International speaker, he said, if Paul had only known what we know today. And I said, buddy, you made a big mistake. Paul knew more than you know. So I just want to set that straight. I respect the Apostle Paul. So when he says, I know that nothing good lives in me, then there ain't a thing in you that, that, that's on the inside that's good. Except, I'll get there in a minute. He said, that is in my sinful nature. So he's qualifying it. Even though he is God-like, he is Christ-like, he's saying there is a sinful nature that he has to deal with. Are you catching this? Now, maybe I'm reading this wrong. I don't think that I am. I know that nothing lives good in me, that it's in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Has anybody else ever done that before? Wave at me. You wanted to do good, but you just couldn't do it. You headed out to do something good. I headed out to say something good to Daryl today, and I just couldn't say it. You know what I'm talking about. I headed out to say something good to Damon because we've been having problems. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You see, that's the sinful nature. That's the flesh nature. No, me and Damon don't have no problems. So don't y'all go around saying, my God, I didn't know Bishop and Damon had a problem. 
I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I, what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Did you hear that? The evil I keep on doing. <laughs> now, if I do what I do not want to do, I love the way he talks. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it. Well, who does it? My God. But it isn't sin living in me that does it. <laughs> He's talking about another nature. So I find this law at work when I want to do good. Evil is right there. It's right there with me. For in my inner being, I can delight in the law, God's laws. But I see another law at work in the members of my body. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Then he says, what a wretched man that I am. Oh God, what a, oh, in King James it says, oh wretched man that I am. What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? He saw it as a body of death. But he said, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. There are things that go on, and I wanted to read that, and this could be, the scripture could be taken in several different, uh, different facets, but you do understand, and I'm going to take you to 1 Kings 19.4, something that we read many times in the King James Version, but I want you to see that Paul is qualifying there's a problem. There is the outside man, there's the internal man, there's the spiritual man, there is the sinful man. He's letting you see there is a part of you that you have hard time controlling. Has anybody said, have any of you ever said before, I can't control my mouth? Come, let's be honest. Come on. Don't lie to me. Valerie, you, you're the world's worst. I cannot control my mouth. She told my wife, when she first met my wife at a motorcycle rally, y'all don't mind me saying this, do you? Is that nasty? It is kind of nasty. But Valerie told her to go F herself. She said it three, no, you didn't say it that way. You said it the, the full way. My point is, she's, she's not going to deny it because she told the truth. But the truth of the matter is, she didn't want nothing to do with God and her church. But she met my wife and told her that three times, and my wife just kept on laughing. But my point is this, she couldn't control her mouth. Have you ever had friends that couldn't control their mouth and got you in trouble? You have? Come on. I'm taking my time here, setting the nail. Because that's something inside. And there's something inside you, no matter how powerful you are. How many people feel like they're more powerful than Elijah? Well, that's before the cross. Come, give me a break. This is a man that can speak to God and was taken up in a fiery chariot. He knew God. We find him in 1 Kings 19, 4, something you've heard me say. Here he is, the man of fire. Something happened internal. This is all about internalizing this. 
He went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a juniper tree, a broom tree, and requested for himself that he might die. Have you ever been there? And he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's. I'm ready to die. What happened? What happened? So I want to talk to you today about something that wars against the covenant God has given to all of us here. God has given us a covenant, Ronnie. God has given us a covenant, a contract. And he will not fail in his contract. Say that back to me. God will not. He's given it to us. But something happens. Pat, there's a, something happens. An internal, there becomes an internal breakdown. Elijah felt it. Some of the greats felt it. Paul, the apostle, felt it. There becomes an internal breakdown that will bring an external destruction or alteration. An internal breakdown. We have at work in our lives a covenant that assures, watch this, a covenant, a contract with God that assures blessing, productivity, and eternal security. Do you believe that? Although there is no equal in all those things, there are opponents and evil forces that are work that want to thwart the utilization of this unshakable covenant. Wants to stop it. A few statements that you may be familiar with or you may remember. You can't judge a book by its cover. How many people have ever seen a book with a beautiful cover that it has nonsensical information in it? The cover looks great, but there's nothing internal that's worthy, David. It's just not worthy. Here's another one. Fact, not facade, is what you should seek. How many people know that there are people that have developed facades and they really believe their PR? Funniest thing I ever saw was a boxing match where these two heavyweights came out and the one was, boy, he was showing like a clown. And he was, was going to knock him out. I've got you, brother. I got you. You're going down. And he kept on all this gibber jabber. And the other guy just standing there like this. And it started. And it lasted 13 seconds. Because, you see, the other guy wasn't there to play or to mouth. He was there to fight. So you have to be real careful. The start believing your own PR. Here's another one. The water may be beautiful. But the currents under the surface may be treacherous. Has anybody ever seen those signs before? I went to a river with my grandmother one time, and it looked so nice and peaceful. She said, when I was little, she said, don't step out in that water. She said, because the current will sweep you under. Under the surface. Everybody say, under the surface. There are some things in our life that under the surface, it's treacherous. On the surface, it looks cool. It looks fun. It looks like everything's going to be all right. But on the bottom side is devastation. So listen to me carefully as we start to develop this. On May the 18th, which is just a few days from now, 1980, 42 years ago, Mount St. Helen in Washington State erupted killing 57 people and devastating some 210 square miles of wilderness. It's the largest volcano in American history. 
it did not erupt without warning. The scientists reported that small eruptions, you're going to get this in a minute. You're going to start seeing where I'm headed. Really, it's going to start taking on some, some picturesque thoughts for you because it talks of you, Floyd. It speaks of me. It speaks of Pastor Kenny. It speaks of people sitting here today. Watch this. Small eruptions continue daily. And in April, people familiar with the mountain notice changes in the structure of its north face. On the morning of <coughs> May the 18th, Mount St. Helen was shaken by an earthquake of about five magnitude. And the entire north side of the summit began to slide down the mountain. That's big. The giant slide, line side of rock and ice, one of the largest recorded in history, was followed and overtaken by an enormous explosion of steam and volcanic gases, which surged northward along the ground at 100, over 100 miles an hour. The lateral blast stripped trees from most hills, slopes within a six miles of the volcano, and leveled nearly all vegetation for as far as 12 miles away. That's a long ways. Approximately 10 million trees were felled by the blast. The potential of that devastation of that morning was not seen from the surface of the mountain. So you can't see what's going on, but there was deep under the earth's crust something going on. There are a lot of people, many of us sitting here today were just like the, the account of this volcano. Paul understood it. Elijah understood it. Some of the greats understood it. What do you mean they're a lot like the volcano? You just can't see the bubbling sub substance, the magma under the surface, but it's there. The magma is there, Floyd. You're a scientist. You taught science. You understand that as I researched it this morning, sometimes the magma can go down as far as 1,800 miles. It can go down 1,800 miles and nobody can see the magma until it breaks the surface. And when it breaks the surface, it's too late. So I see a law working in my members. There's some magma working in, my, in the undercurrents of my life. You can't see it, but there are people sitting here right now that they need help. They need hope because the magma is building up, it's bubbling. And it, we're seeing the signs of it, Ronnie, but we don't qualify it. We don't define it. We don't bring help. There's people just like you and me that hear the messages of hope. They hear it. They hear the message of hope. They hear the word of God. But they never walk in the power and promise of the spirit. You know, it's real easy. I thought this morning it's easy to say they just walk in faith. That's easy for me to say. But it's hard for somebody that's got magma bubbling up inside of them to do what you just said. Because they can't see any hope because they're blinded by the magma. By the bubbling substance that's underneath them in their soul. They can't see it. You say, have faith, man. Buck up. <coughs> you know, you can do it. What do they say when you get knocked down? Suck it up. Well, sometimes it's hard to suck it up. Because what's going on internally is about to kill you. And nobody even sees it. I know people that you never thought of it before. You say, well, I wish you wouldn't be preaching on this. Tell me how I can live like Jesus. I'm trying to tell you how to live like Jesus in a minute here. But if you don't help somebody else live like Jesus, you're missing the mark. 
You keep saying, well, I've got this, I've got that, I can overcome all things. You don't know you can overcome all things until you overcome it. The only way Jesus can say what he did is he did it. I've never gone to a cross. I've never bled and died. I've never had that, that level of love. I mean, they hear all these messages of hope and of the word of God, but they never walk there. And I'm wondering, God, what is happening? But what's happened is there's a magma underneath the surface, 1,800 miles deep. It's down all the way through their toes, and it keeps bubbling up. And every time they start to do something for God, that magma takes over. There are people that are ruled by an undercurrent and a hidden storm. They're ruled by it. Dave, you know what I'm talking about. They're ruled by the hidden storm. And no one sees the pressure until it gets so great that it explodes. The hidden storm in our lives, this undercurrent will stop the flow of God. These other things I mentioned, the word of hope, because it takes all your energy to fight against the inner pressure. Remember this, you will never see the volcano until it erupts. And then it's what? Too late. I say the Spirit of the Lord is desperately seeking to help people with those things that are holding them back. He, he wants you to let go and let God. People that never really, they can never really hear from God or hear the word of God. Why? Can anybody help me? They can't hear it because they're so occupied with the storm. When you sit still for a moment, you start listening to a message, you go back to the storm. You get into the magma. You start getting alone, you hit the magma. Go to bed at night, the magma takes over. And all of a sudden, you just don't know what to do. They're so preoccupied with the storm that people then begin to isolate themselves because there's no more, watch this, there's no more space left inside of them. It's all filled with that confusion. You say, well, I've got the Holy Spirit. Well, then why don't you show it? Because what I'm seeing is the magma and not the Holy Spirit. The magma, not the magnanimous power of Jesus Christ. There's no more space left in you. What do you mean? What do you mean? The hidden storm controls everything you do. It controls your thoughts, your actions. It controls your prayer. It control, your reaction is, is guided by the magma. Your response is guided by the hidden storm. Your personality is guided by it. You'll react and act because of that hidden magma. And sometimes it's been created in your past. Things that happen to you as a young child, you start creating this, this magma, this, this, uh, this ability to erupt. It even develops and comes against your walk with the Lord. But well, I don't understand that. We're a Christian. Well, what happens is you keep pushing further and further. You push the spirit out. Why do they not move into the power anymore? Or why do they not have the joy they should have as a Christian? <clears throat> because there's no more room for the spirit of the Lord to work. There's inner conflict, inner storm. The Bible says in James 3, 16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So the hidden storm controls your prayers, controls your thought life because your prayer starts to be focused on the inner conflict and not on what the purpose and plan of God. How many people know I just told the truth there? You see, we, conf we, we major on the thing that cannot solve the problem. We, there is no, we've, we major on the thing that, that where there is no answer. And it will stay that way, Randy. It will stay that way with no answer until you take, you take a stand and you command it in the name of Jesus. 
Now this is where intellect, you have to step outside your intellect and your rationalization. And you command it in the name of Jesus, I will not allow this to happen to me anymore. And you keep saying it until your spirit man believes it. And then you have to fill your space with something. So the magma can't really grow, it can't develop, it can't boil. You have to <coughs> fill that space with the peace of God that passes the understanding and wisdom of mankind. Now, I'm going to tell you again, that is not easy. So anybody that stands and preaches and tells you it's easy, they don't know life. They've never gone through the shadow of death. Just because bad things are happening to you does not mean you're a bad person. It just means the enemy is working with your magma. He's working in the inner, inner storm, the boiling magma, I put it. And then we won't... We want to blame the devil for our magma. Boy, the devil made me say that. The devil made me do that. But many times, we are the ones that have started the magma, the conflict, the boiling magma. We started it. Then when we, through our own actions, I'm almost through. When we, through our own actions, cause the inner conflict and the boiling magma, then we give license to the devil to step into our magma and stir it up. I'm wanting to help somebody here today because I have felt that magma in my soul. I say, but you're a preacher. You know Jesus. You know Jesus. You shouldn't have that problem. Uh, well, let me confess then I need to step down from this pulpit because I feel it sometimes. I realized that this week. Some things happened to me this week that I realized I was flesh, blood, and bone. I mean, I was desperately sick. And I realized that I was not immortal. I've always thought I was. I thought nothing could touch me, Randy. But I guess the Lord wanted me to sh show me something, Christian, because I've been battling sickness now for about a month, and nobody ever knew it. But man, I'm telling you, I got lower and lower, and I didn't realize where it was coming from. But praise God, I'm okay. Someone said, will you preach Sunday? I said, is there going to be a service? There was no question. <clears throat> but even the tough, Paul, Elijah, Harry Meshagan, my father, Alan Meshagan, who thought he was immortal, I'm not. But I know who is. So hear your bishop today. I love everybody sitting here. I mean that. If I didn't mean it, I wouldn't say it. But I know God is speaking to me about the undercurrents today. The devil's going to fight. He doesn't like you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't want you to make it. He wants that magma to grow in you so that you explode on your family, your friends, your loved ones. That's what he wants. He wants you to do the devastating things. He wants you to blow up so your family will never forget the evil words you said. Why does he do that, Floyd? Because Satan loves to live in the confusion. This is where he thrives. And this is where he thrives in the magma of your soul. I've never preached this in my life. The magma of my soul. That's stuff that's deep in you that nobody even knows happened. Some of you were molested as a child and nobody even knows it. But that magma is growing. Am I telling the truth? Some of you were treated wrong when you're three years old, four years old, five years old, or, or 40 years ago. 
and it grows, starts to boil. Nobody sees it. Then one day you explode. I wonder why, where did that come from? Well, trace it back to where you allowed the enemy to start that furnace going and keep churning the magma, keep churning the lava. See, it becomes lava when it hits the surface. But I'm going to give this to you quickly and we're going to close. And the Lord spoke this into my spirit if you've ever spoke anything into my life. Psalms 4 verse 5, offer the sacrifice of righteousness. Start to do that which is right even when you don't feel like doing it. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever done what you didn't want to do but you knew it was right to do it? Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Psalms 37 verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily shalt thou be fed. Trust, 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 trust. Musicians, you can come back into place. Psalms 3, verse 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall then direct your path. Did you understand that verse? Let me say it one more time. I have one person clapping. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And then the very last phrase, and then when you do that, he'll direct your path. But he's not going to do it before that. So I broke that down just a little bit. When you trust in the Lord with all your heart, there's not any room for doubt, nor strife, nor jealousy, nor envy. There isn't room for a magma to be built. And when you say lean not to your own understanding in the original, it means do not prop yourself up by yourself. In other words, it's me, myself, and I, and I'm, I know who I is. Me, myself, and I, it's me, baby. He said, don't do that. Don't prop yourself up on yourself, but prop yourself up only on God. I wrote a song years ago. God is my source and my strength now. He came into my heart and brought real joy. People living today say they've got the answer, but I don't go to them. I go to God who answers me firsthand. So I don't prop myself up on anything but God who we're commanded to depend upon. And one of the statements they said was this, he who trusts in his own heart, <clears throat> he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Because the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Is there a storm, a hidden storm inside of you? Is it deep down, 1,800 miles deep? Five miles deep, one mile deep, 300 feet deep, don't matter. Whatever it is, it's there. Is it there and keeping the goodness of the Lord? Because some of y'all are beautiful people. Matter of fact, all of y'all are beautiful people. And y'all have got, uh, good God, you have so much opportunity and so much going for you. You just don't even see it. If you're sick, trust in the Lord. If you feel defeated, trust in the Lord. If your business is drying up, trust in the Lord. Trust will cool the magma of your soul and bring peace 
Because now you don't have to rely on what you see, but on what you know, which is faith.